welcome to Race the Bottom episode 6 with me, your host, Joe Hahn. This episode, we're going to focus on one event and the fallout from the return of Hakim Al-Arabi back to Australia. Now, this situation has been well documented among sports journalists, but for those of you who haven't followed or aren't aware, Hakim Al-Arabi is a Bahraini professional footballer. He currently plays in the second division of the Australian Soccer League for Pasco Vale. Al-Arabi fled from Bahrain in 2012 after being detained for 45 days under suspicion of a violent protest resulting in damaging of a property which was heavily disputed by Al-Arabi and video footage showing him playing for the Bahraini team Al-Shabaab at the Muharraq Stadium during the supposed violent protest. Now, Hakim's initial arrest was a fallout of the Arab Spring uprising 2011 between February and March. Many, many thousands marched in Bahrain. Shia Muslims were protesting for greater equality, greater rights, greater democracy, transparency in their country for themselves. The ruling monarchy is Sunni Muslim. The majority of the Bahraini population is Shia Muslim. And many of the athletes and Amnesty International has it at around 150 athletes had been detained for participation in protests or for relatives participating in protests. The majority of those are also uh, Shia Muslims. So after Al-Arabi was detained, as I said, he fled to Australia where he sought asylum and began to rebuild his life. November the 27th of last year, he took a honeymoon trip with his newly married wife to Thailand. That's where things started to fall apart. The Thai authorities detained him under a red notice, which is an Interpol kind of flagging internal security system that can be raised by countries, I guess, persons of interest to that specific country. That is the, the backstory. Thankfully, due to some amazing work by people like Craig Foster, who is Amnesty and human rights ambassador, previous ex-professional footballer who did play for Portsmouth for a period, and governing bodies like the Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International, Hakim has been safely returned back to Australia. There was a genuine fear that Hakim was going to be returned to Bahrain, and one can only imagine the things that he would be subjected to back there. Bahrain has a very checkered past with regards to human rights and kind of activist athletes. The 2011 Arab uprising resulted in a number of athletes from Anwar al-Maki, who's table tennis champion, to Sayyad Mohammed Adnan, another footballer, Allah Hobail and his brother Mohammed. Allah Hobail was the 2004 Asian Cup Golden Boot winner. He was seen as a golden boy of Bahraini football. Ali Saeed, who's a goalkeeper, was also arrested and detained during these periods and they were given two years, three years, five years prison sentences. Now thankfully many of those prison terms did not come to fruition due to FIFA acting upon outcries from the public from Bahraini pro-democracy groups to highlight the fact that many athletes had been detained under this premise of anti-government protests. The IOC also leaned upon Bahrain at that time to release the 150 athletes that they had detained. FIFA and IOC were able to generate enough leverage for Bahrain to not proceed ahead with their prison sentences for those athletes at the time. 
There was threats made by FIFA during the time that should they continue on this path, FIFA would look to withhold their FIFA membership and the IOC threatened to do similar with Olympic participation. What has come about now is that again Bahrain have tried to implement this regime on its athletes. Is there legislation in place to help prevent these situations from arising further? There doesn't seem to be at the moment because if you listen to what Craig Foster has come out and said he's talking about this being a starting point to ensure protection of athletes similar to Hakim in a similar situation that we must not allow this to happen in the future. I agree wholeheartedly. If it wasn't for people like Craig Foster really going to town on social media, we would not have perhaps had the outcome that we did. And I think it's important for the people who did take a stance in any way. It's what can you do within your small sphere of influence? I signed petitions. I spoke to people about it, making a podcast about it. That's perhaps as much as I could physically do in Plymouth. I think we can all use Twitter and social media and Facebook to wield it to our power to highlight things. What I found disconcerting about the situation is perhaps the lack of action on behalf of prestigious footballers, footballers who have developed a name for activism within the sport and positive action on gender equality and pay equality and I kind of scoured the I would say perhaps top 10 most famous footballers playing football today their Twitter feeds did not in any way reflect at any point the state of affairs with Hakim I was a bit surprised by it because within their feed there does contain acts of highlighting those that might be disenfranchised or considered of less importance within the game. Even the FA, with its real push to improve gender, race, income-based inequalities within the game. And if you go on their Twitter feed, there's a lot of important stories regarding transgender referees, impoverished areas receiving support for new facilities. Fantastic. Transparency regarding conduct within the game. All of these really, really positive things. But nowhere did it contain any modicum of reference to Hakim Al-Arabi. And I don't know why that is. Is it because, by nature, the FA is an affiliate of UEFA, which is an affiliate of FIFA, and FIFA were dealing with it, and so nobody needs to bother about it because FIFA are dealing with it. Well, FIFA didn't issue a letter to the Prime Minister of Thailand requesting him consider with grave seriousness the importance of uh, releasing Hakim. But that was issued on the 23rd of January. Hakim Al-Arabi had already been jailed for 67 days when that letter was issued by Fatima Samura of FIFA. So action was taken by the most powerful body in football, but it was taken 67 days after the event had happened. And why was there no groundswell of support from these other bodies? Were there political reasons? Were there procedural governance reasons that bodies like the FA, prestigious clubs, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, Juve, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Why did none of these clubs make any reference to the plight of Hakim Al-Arabi? Why was it only Craig Foster, the Australian PFA and members within the Australian government that were campaigning to free Hakim Al-Arabi? Is it because it didn't affect us directly? That's my worry because I feel there will come a time where it will affect someone in your club. And what do we do at that point? Because I don't think there was an overall solidarity movement 
to support Hakim. I think there were sections and pockets of the world of football who took a stance. I think there were vast swathes of other areas of the game who did nothing. That's food for thought. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. If you would like to reach me, I'm at Race the Bottom RTTB podcast or at Janola's Left Foot. Uh, you can tweet me. You can share this via Facebook. And please drop me a DM if there are any questions. This has been episode six of Race the Bottom. Thanks for listening.